Good evening, Hampton Roads, North Carolina, and internet listeners everywhere. Welcome to this January 15, 2019 episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. You're tuned in to WGPL 1350 on your AM dial. I am your host, Bishop Hodges, and this is the broadcast where we break down and discuss the dynamics of marriage and family relationships. Just to let you know my worldview, God designed and instituted marriage and the family to build society on. Unfortunately, sin entered the picture and warped God's original design. The mission of Marriage and Family Clinic is to restore, build, and strengthen and perfect marriage and family relationships everywhere. I want to throw in a quick reminder, as I oftentimes do and I've told you in days past, and that is, your success in life is determined in large part by how you manage relationships. Your relationship with God must be first priority. You want peace, joy, happiness in your life? Give your life to Jesus Christ. Allow Him to be Lord. That's your number one relationship. And then your relationships with your family, your friends, your employer, those are crucial. And how you manage all of these relationships will determine your success in life. Welcome to Marriage and Family Clinic. Last week we began the discussion on discipline. Uh, and I want to continue in that direction tonight. And as a parent, discipline and the subject, the issue of discipline, it's worth your time and it's worth your attention because discipline is one of a parent's major responsibilities in the life of a child. You, you, you don't get any more critical, any more important, any more pertinent to the child's life than the subject of discipline. So it's an incredibly important for the parent. And I really can't stress this enough. Discipline is just a critical and crucial parental responsibility. I'm stressing this because every parent, every mom, every dad, whether you're married and living together, separated, divorced, whatever the case may be, discipline is so critical, it's so crucial in the life of the child. Parents, you have to take this with all seriousness that you can muster up. And when I say discipline, I want you to know that discipline is so crucial and so important because I'm not limiting the meaning or the application of discipline to simply teaching a child how to behave or making them behave in the short term. I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the long term. Discipline is the method that you're going to use, whether you mean to or not, but discipline is the method you're going to use to help make sure your child reaches his or her destiny. Yes, that's it, mom and dad. Your discipline will help ensure that your child reaches or misses his or her destiny. Discipline instills in the child the, the, the stick-to-itness. I don't have a better word to describe what I'm talking about, so I'll say it this way. Discipline instills in the child the stick-to-itness that they're going to need to overcome some hurdles, some hindrances in life. Discipline instills in them a I can do it 
uh, mindset, an I can do it mentality that will allow them to build a sense of resilience and make it through some ups and downs. Life will knock them around, but how you instill discipline in them is going to go a long ways in, in determining whether or not they will bounce back or how long it's going to take them to bounce back. I really want to stress, I, I want to stress the importance of discipline tonight. And, and so while we're talking about different discipline, let me recap our working definition of discipline so, so that you can stay on track with me and we can stay on the same page. Because again, we use common words, but all the time we don't have a common meaning. So I want to provide for you a working definition of the word discipline. Discipline is interacting with your child through their growth process in a way that leads and trains the child how to understand and monitor and control themselves. I need you to get that. That's important. If you're taking notes out there, you ought to write it down. Discipline is you interacting with your child throughout their growth process. However long it takes, you're there with them, going through it with them throughout their growth process in a way that leads and trains them in how to understand, to monitor, and control themselves. So every parent, I'm talking to you, the manner in which you discipline your child is part of your intentional effort to instill the desired virtue and values in them. You have an idea, you envision your child growing into this certain type of adult. The manner in which you instill discipline in them, the manner in which you discipline them, that's going to go a long ways into determining whether or not you reach the desired goal. Uh, and, and whatever it is you put in them, it's going to stay with them for all of their lives. All right. Discipline is just a critical part of the child's growth. And as a child grows, they need to be able to put themselves in check. You know, I do a lot of flying and, and my wife and I, we're always flying on airplanes. And, and boy, I tell you, I can see some children running around the airport and I begin to pray, Lord, whatever you do, don't let them on my flight. And, and, and you're probably identifying with me. You know exactly what I'm talking about, whether it's in church or in the mall or on an airplane or anywhere. There's always that child. There's always one or two of them that can't be still, can't be quiet, always picking, making noise. And mom and dad seem to be oblivious to what's going on. They lack discipline. Mom and dad's interaction with them should lead and train and instruct them in how to monitor themselves and know when they are imposing upon the space and the rights of others. Children are going to be children. A two-year-old is going to cry. That's what it means to be two years old. But you can train them into monitoring themselves. So, And that's the goal of discipline. Your disciplinary method trains your child to check himself. Your child ought to learn how to put himself in check. All right. So last week I started talking about some advisors uh, in the intro to discipline on last week. We got as far as uh, presenting some advisors for parents and discipline. And I want to share uh, those with you. I want to get back to those uh, three advisors I want to give to you. Uh, uh, and these are kind of guidelines for discipline 
or things that you need to be your guiding principles for discipline. I'll put it that way. Uh, number one is don't rule by fear. The second one is going to be parents. You got to be on the same page in discipline. And the third one is going to be children must learn respect for authority and accountability. Those are going to be your three guiding principles for discipline. One, don't rule for, by fear. Two, parents, if there are two of you in the home or if there are two of you available to the child, you got to be on the same page where discipline is concerned. And three, the child must learn respect for authority and accountability. Let's break those down, break them out and break them down. Uh, uh, first of all, don't rule by fear. I notice oftentimes, as we told you last week, we got this far. Some parents try and they rule their children by fear. Moms and dads, they threaten their sons. They threaten their daughters with bad things that happen if they disobey or step out of line. Uh, there are all these vague, empty threats. I'll break your neck. I'll do this, that, or the other. Uh, and, and then, unfortunately, some parents actually measure their success in discipline and measure their success as a parent by the degree of obedience that they get out of their child when the child is really responding in fear. But there is a danger in ruling by fear. First of all, your children are not animals. They have souls. And you don't parent your children. You don't treat them like a tiger or a lion in the cage. They're not animals without souls. You, you, you're not training them simply to respond and react to your commands. Children will lack self-control if parents aren't present to put fear in them. If you rule by fear, then when you're not around, who's going to put the fear in your child? They're going to lack the necessary self-control if you're not around to instill fear. If you're not around to instill fear and they face the challenges of peer pressure, guess what? They're going to fail. They're going to become someone else because they're not going to know who they are. You're not there to put the fear in them. You cannot rule by fear. You loving your child should help eliminate fear from their lives. A parent should not be the source of a child's fear. A parent should be the answer to a child's fear. When a child messes up or when a child knows that they did wrong, if they're afraid to let you know, you missed it as a parent. You've been ruling by fear and not by love. When the child messes up, when a child makes a critical mistake in life, no matter how old they are, they need that parent to run to and to find reassurance that all is well and everything will be all right. They don't need to be afraid of going to the parent because they fear what the parent is going to do to them. The parent should be the source of the child's reassurance, not the source of the child's fear. The parent should be there to eliminate the fear. And that's what your love will do for your child. And the manner in which you discipline will send one of two messages to your child. Your discipline is either going to say to your child, you don't matter that much. Or your method of discipline is going to say to your child, you matter a lot, you're important, and you mean the world to me. Those are the messages that your discipline method is going to send to your child. The second advisor I want to share with you is this right here. 
where there are two parents in the home, both parents, both parents, I say to you, have to be on the same page. You can't afford to have two methods of discipline. You got to be on the same page. Mom and dad, you have to work out how you understand discipline, what you expect from the children, what you expect from each other, what you expect from yourselves. You have to work out what you expect by way of discipline before you ever face the children. You don't face the children and then decide what the method of discipline is going to be. Mom and dad, you don't get in front of the children and then decide we need to figure out how we're going to do this thing. No, that's not how you do it. You've got to work it out before the children mess up because they're going to mess up before they make their mistakes, before they step out of line. Uh, uh, you've got to work out your disciplinary expectations uh, because uh, let's face it now, one of you may believe in corporal punishment, one may not. Uh, uh, one of you may have been raised one way in your family. One of you were raised another way. And we all revert to the way that we were raised when we first began to discipline our children. We believe that if it worked for us, it ought to work for our children. The thing is, you and your spouse may not agree. So you have to work that agreement out before you face the children. Uh, you got different views that are different from each other. It's your responsibility to work those differences out before you deal with your children. And then as you're dealing with your children, going through your life together as a family, continue to work on cementing your understanding while the children are growing. You don't stop learning. You continue to evolve. You continue to grow together. Continue to work on your disciplinary method, your disciplinary plan for your children and your family. I heard something, uh, 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 or uh, better yet, uh, uh, understand this. Mom and dad, when you openly disagree about discipline in front of your children, your children are present and the two of you fall out, the two of you argue, the two of you disagree, uh, on discipline, it's going to work against you. It is going to work against you. And let me tell you why it's going to work against you. Children, they don't have the emotional maturity. They don't have the experience to appreciate the fact that you all just have differences of opinions and differences in experiences. Children interpret your differences as your strengths and your weaknesses. And when children feel like their interests are not being served because they're mainly interested in themselves. Again, that's what it means to be a child. They're mainly interested in themselves. When they feel like their interests are not being served, they will act in ways to protect their interests. I'm making this sound really pretty, but what I'm saying to you is children can be some little rascals sometimes. And, and, and that's a, I'm just saying in a fancy way that children really will pick out the weak parent and they'll play the two of you against each other. A two-year-old knows how to play mom against dad. An infant nearly knows how to play mom against dad. If they couldn't get a yes with mom, they'll go to dad and get a yes. If they get a no from dad, they'll go to mom looking for that yes. Parents, you cannot afford you cannot afford to be on different pages where discipline is concerned. You have to be together.
All right. I want to pause for a moment and welcome you once again to this week's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. You're listening to us on WGPL 1350 on your AM dial. You can also find us at www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com. I'm your host, Bishop Hodges, and we're here to give you tidbits and discuss the dynamics of marriage and family relationships. Need you to do me a favor also, contact me. I'm hearing from some of you, and I really sincerely appreciate all the positive comments that have been receiving. But do me a favor, let me hear from you. Email me at cdhodges at hotmail.com. Uh, inbox me on Facebook. You can find me, Bishop Carl Hodges. Uh, uh, you can also find our podcast, search Bishop Hodges on iTunes. You'll come up with Marriage and Family Clinic. You can find us there and listen to all of our past programs. Whatever you do, let me hear from you. It would do us a great big favor. All right. So parents, you got to be on the same page. You must be on the same page where discipline is concerned. And parents, you can't afford, you cannot afford to restrict discipline to only one parent. Your children must know that both of you agree on discipline. And when one of you says yes, both of you says yes. When one of you says no, both of you say no. And even in the blended families we talked a couple of weeks ago, you cannot afford to restrict discipline to the biological parent only. And, and, and you can't you can't say things like don't put your hands on my child. It's self-defeating. Your child will pick up on that and you will pay for it. I promise you that you give your child a green light to rebel when you let your child see that both of you are not on the same page where discipline is concerned. And children should grow up respecting parents' authority, whether it's a biological child, a stepchild. Again, I dislike that word. We don't have one better. The biological child or the non-biological child or otherwise. Children should grow respecting parental authority and not in rebellion. You know, it's so important for parents to work out their views of discipline. Uh, uh, so please keep that in mind. You got to be on the same page. I heard someone say once, I forgot uh, uh, where I got it from, but they said, parents, here's the key for you. Parents must have public unity and private discord. If you disagree on a, on a discipline method, go in private and discuss it. Work it out behind closed doors away from your children where they can't be involved in it. They don't belong in your discussions, uh, but work it out and then come back together and speak as one voice with the children. All right. The third advisor I want to give you is that your children must learn respect for authority and accountability. At the risk of some offending some of you, let me say this again, at the risk of offending some of you, let me say this. Failure to teach respect for authority is failure to parent. Failure to teach respect for authority equals success in teaching rebellion. And I want to make that really plain. If you do not intentionally instruct, lead, guide, teach your child to respect authority and to be accountable, you are instructing your child how to be a rebel. 
I even hear some public schools there that, that uh, faculty members, uh, teachers are refusing to require uh, the kids to say yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. And, and moms and dads are even telling their children today that you don't have to say yes, sir, no, ma'am. You can say yes and no and, and, and so forth and so on like that. Excuse me for being old fashioned, but yes, sir, and no, sir, that's not teaching your child to be subservient. That's not teaching your child to bow down before anybody. To teach your child to say yes, sir, and no, sir, and yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, that is teaching your child respect for authority. And I can guarantee you and your child a more peaceful life if your child respects authority. I can guarantee it. You'll sleep better at night if you teach your child respect for authority. One thing I really hate to hear is a parent of a two-year-old who says of the two-year-old, I just can't do anything with him. Well, that's a real big problem. You're responsible for disciplining and parenting that child. Teach them respect for authority. Now, many of our Bible-believing parents, you, you're quick to say, spare the rod, spoil the child. And, and, and I want to encourage you not to jump to such a quick conclusion of how you interpret rod to mean a physical object. Now, uh, join me next week. I'm going to be dealing with uh, uh, corporal punishment. We're going to deal with that on next week. I'm not dealing with that this week, but uh, I'm, I am speaking to some of you parents right now. You're quick to jump to the scripture that says spare the rod and spoil the child. When actually there's no scripture that says spare the rod, spoil the child. Scripture says he that spareth his rod. Uh, so read up on it. And, and, and listen, I'm not defending or condemning corporal punishment. Again, that's next week, not at this point. I'm simply making the point. I'm simply encouraging you to broaden your horizons, to use your imagination. A better understanding of the word rod is authority and what the proverb one thing that the proverbs wants us to see if you do not establish your authority over your child beginning when they are extremely young beginning in infancy even if you do not establish authority over your child you are failing to love your child like he or she deserves to be loved and you establish your authority, again, when they're very, very young. You establish your authority by letting your yay be yay and your nay be nay. When you establish your authority, uh, uh, I'm not telling you that you should rule with a rod of iron like some mean, old, nasty dictator or something like that. I'm saying that your children should know when you mean business. There should be a stark difference between business and play. And you send these messages to your children by your tone, by your body language, by your voice, by your actions, uh, by your posture, everything. You're sending the message whether or not you mean business or, or you're playing right now. And too many children can't tell the difference of when their parents are playing and when their parents mean business. Your authority must be plain. 
Your child ought to know by the tone in your voice when you mean business. And you have expressed that tone since they came home from the hospital. And now they are geared to respond to that tone. They are trained to respond to that tone. Your children must learn to respond to your authority. Because the scripture is right with one regard. Proverbs 23 says, don't withhold correction from your child. It's too dangerous. The long-term consequences, they're, 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 they're too dangerous. The negative things that can happen in your child's life are too many, too multiple to allow your child to go forth without correction. Teach your child to respond to your authority. Because remember, Proverbs 29 says a child left to himself brings a mother shame. A stupid child is sheer pain to a father and a bitter pill for a mother to swallow. Now, that's Proverbs 17. I'm just the postman. If you fail to respond to your child's foolishness. Remember a few weeks ago I told you they were born with foolishness in them? When they start to express that foolishness. If you fail to respond to your child's foolishness. You're going to bring judgment to your house. And that's what we learned in the Bible. Eli the prophet, the preacher in the house of God, failed to respond to his son's foolishness. And he died a terrible death. You cannot afford to refuse to discipline your child. And let me throw this in here real quick. Uh, every act of disobedience should be an uncomfortable experience. I'm talking about real discipline here. Every single act of disobedience should be an uncomfortable experience. That's a part of what it means when I say your yea should be yea and your nay should be nay. Every act of disobedience should be uncomfortable. And uncomfortable doesn't mean that you go overboard yelling, fussing, cussing, threatening, swinging and things like that. The degree of the child's discomfort depends on the degree and the level of disobedience or inappropriate behavior. So if the child does a really, really small, simple thing, it should be uncomfortable, but it shouldn't be draconian and just just treat the child badly. OK, so please, please consider that. I don't have time to go as deep as deep into that as I would like to, but please give that serious consideration. Making disobedience and inappropriate behavior uncomfortable every time teaches the child that there's a stark difference. There is a difference between appropriate and inappropriate behavior. Making inappropriate behavior uh, uncomfortable every single time teaches the child to check himself, remember that's the ultimate goal of discipline, it teaches the child to put himself in check, and it also teaches the child to maintain the appropriate sensitivity to the space and the needs of people around him. If you're in a place where no running is allowed and your child takes off running, that ought to be an uncomfortable experience. If you're in a restaurant and families and people are in there trying to enjoy their meal, trying to enjoy their dinner, and, 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 and uh, the decorum is quiet 
and and peaceful uh, uh, and your child is acting up hollering screaming throwing food you cannot sit there and act like nothing is going on if you fail to respond to your child's foolishness gosh I hope I'm not sounding too mean tonight if you fail to respond to your child's inappropriate behavior you're teaching your child to be a rebel and when your child engages in inappropriate behavior or disobedience, it ought to be uncomfortable every single time. That's how you teach your child to be accountable. And when you do it every single time, you teach your child that you are his parent and her authority and not necessarily their friend. It's crucial it's critical that you teach your child respect for authority and teach your child to be accountable failure to hold the child accountable teaches the absolutely wrong lesson it leaves a void in their lives and when they didn't learn to check themselves when they didn't learn to monitor themselves when they didn't learn to give account for inappropriate behavior they learned to fill that void with excuses and with denial they learned to play the role of a victim have you ever noticed in some people no matter what happens no matter what goes wrong any negative thing that they get out of life it's always somebody else's fault I told you discipline has long-term consequences and we're talking about how your children are going to carry themselves as adults and how whether or not they're going to reach their destiny if you don't teach them respect for authority and accountability while they're young they'll grow with a void in their lives they'll fill that void with excuses with denial they'll learn to play the role of the victim it's always somebody else's fault some people robbed the bank, but it was somebody else's fault. They didn't learn respect for authority. They didn't learn accountability. Listen, I am out of time. I'm nowhere near done, but I am out of time. Next week, I want to try my best to get to uh, 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 corporal punishment. We're going to finish this and get to corporal punishment. We may take a couple of weeks in that. But listen, I am out of time. I want to appreciate you for listening in to this week's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. You're listening to us at WGPL 1350 on your AM dial. Listen, give me a holler. Give me a shout out. Let me know that you're listening to us email me cdhodges at hotmail.com look me up on facebook inbox me bishop carl hodges i need to hear from you hey until next week remember you can't have peace until you surrender your life to the prince of peace god bless you we'll see you next week